Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. I felt like I came a little high there. I don't know. Sitting weird or something. I'm going to try it again. Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. Oh, that was much better. I'm Spencer Hall. This is the Internet's only college football podcast. This is the one where, uh, you know, we, we like to talk about things what happen. Not things what will happen. Uh, I am, uh, of course, here in beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, just north of me in Kennesaw, uh, up there, holding it down in uh, the great white north. Which, man, in Atlanta, that can mean a lot of things. Uh, Jason Kirk, say hi, Jason. Hi. Uh, it's green. Green. We got trees. Um, Atlanta area known for trees. I'd call it mm-hmm. the green up here in the Migos belt. Maybe we should ship one of those green trees to our poor treeless friend, Ryan Nanny, in Brooklyn, New York. Say hello, Ryan. Stanford won. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Stanford didn't just win, man. Oh, that's a that's a David that's a Stanford classic right there. We'll get to that. That was yeah. oof, murder scene. Um are you okay, first of all? I'm good. I'm good. Why? Why do you ask? I had a great weekend. All right. Well, let's just rip the band-aid off. Um Okay, sure. Tough Saturday. Mm-hmm. Spencer, I mean, what was it like watching Florida State, your team, struggle with Samford for pretty much the whole game? You know, I'm just not even going to take to this. It is so offensive to my... <laughs> I think Ryan's goal is running everyone off of the podcast, and then he'll just deliver uh, soliloquies. That in the fiber of my being, I find the notion of being a Florida State fan so offensive, I won't even play along with this joke. <laughs> Do you think that means I'll stop it? No. No, no. I don't. I don't. I know. I know how this train runs. You just, you, are... You've exposed a weakness, brother. Yeah. You, you just bra- let this guy know you're weak to fire type. So he's going to keep planting that spear. I know. He's this, vulnerable this, to horses. Spear. <laughs> this is the most offensive Pokemon of all. Noleopteryx! Sorry. I'm sorry. No, I... I, I uh, it, it, it is less funny considering, you know, the actual thing we have to start the show by talking about. <laughs> you just want to get to that? Let's just... Let's just yeah, put our face, yeah, man. Let's just put our face right in it. Let's just set the edge, unlike some defenses, and just just attack this this head on. So, Kentucky beat Florida, ending the thirty-one-year streak. <laughs> yep. Yep. Here's and here's what I want to say about this. Um, Jason and Spencer, what do y'all know about the Great Molasses Flood of nineteen nineteen? Where to begin? It was, was that in Boston? That was in Boston. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know quite. I know enough about it that that it was a ridiculously unsafe sort of setup where there was a giant tub of molasses. It uh, collapsed the entire thing. It swept down the streets, actually killing some people. 21 people killed, 150 injured. Yeah, that's not that's not like a car wreck. That's not even like an interstate pileup. That's that that's a proper disaster. Um as you sort of alluded to, there were a lot of structural problems with the tank holding all this molasses. It was insufficiently tested. In fact, it leaked so frequently that they just painted the thing brown so that people wouldn't notice when molasses was leaking out of it. Um, the steel they use is only half the thickness it should have been. It's possible that they were trying to uh, get as much molasses uh, churned out as they could before Prohibition kicked in. That got ratified in Congress the next day, so that's fun. Um, and there were some external factors, too. It was unseasonably warm in Boston when this happened. The molasses was fermenting, and that caused pressure and all that. And, and I bring this up because if you were one of these almost 200 people killed or injured by this river of molasses in the street, you looked up and you thought, what the fuck is happening? You were truly stunned, right? Like, that's a weird day. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a profoundly weird day. You you you've probably gone some of those people had gone thirty plus years without ever having seen a river of molasses coming at them full bore. So it's easy to look at that and be like, geez. 
Sucks to have that end. But when you look at it from the structural perspective, it's actually a miracle that it hadn't happened much earlier. That's all I have to say about the Kentucky-Florida game. Do you know the last time Kentucky beat Florida, what the number one movie was? So let's see. Is this 1988? Steamboat Willie. Well, the last time Kentucky beat Florida, the number one movie was called The Nun. It's out in theaters right now. That's really the number one. That's the disappointing thing. That's the number one movie right now? Yeah, I, um, I have, I've never heard of it. I'm gathering it's a horror movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the number one song is, of course, uh, In My Feelings by Drake. The last time Kentucky beat Florida. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. How old were you the last time? Kentucky? I'm as old as I am now because they did it yesterday. <laughs> I'm a little bit. I was a little bit younger. Only a little bit. Slightly younger. In the in the in the um, metaphysical sense, it was it was uh, ages ago. Oh yeah, and in the in the uh, if you think about the arc of the timeline of the universe, really that streak barely existed in the first place. Yeah, so but a, but nothing was lost. Nothing but was a lost. Speck. On the on the great the great calendar of the universe across which Neil deGrasse Tyson strolls. The the entire streak was it was but a blip. No one would have even noticed it. The Kentucky Florida streak was that's it. That's all it was. The Kentucky Florida streak was barely a toe hair on Neil deGrasse Tosin's majestic feet. Why is he barefoot? Let me take let me take this really cool paper clip of a spaceship mm-hmm. back in time over twenty four hours ago. Where you're you getting you're getting a little anything. Keith Jacksony. Just so you right. know. You couldn't have done anything. Oh yeah, this is Keith Jackson's <laughs> right, Cosmos. That's how it's a much better version then. of Cosmos. But yesterday everyone talked like Keith Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want, go back and listen to the most of the the podcast we put out just before the Kentucky Florida streak <laughs> ended. Man, sounds like an entirely different era of audio technology. Yeah. We all Keith talked Jackson's like Russell Cos- Crowe last week. It was weird. Keith Jackson's Cosmos would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. It'd be so good. <laughs> every make every planet sound like it's got just a whole bunch of linebackers just raring to go. Yeah, this quasar. Jupiter. <laughs> this is a horse of a quasar. <laughs> it's just describing everything. Look at it. The dust settling here. Yeah. Meteor, meteor coming for the dinosaurs, and he's got it. Mm-hmm. Here she comes. Here's a big one. See, I like this much better. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, um, Nelly! I, I would point this out that, that David Wonderlich, who, unlike me, has the patience and grace to actually look through these things. He's at year two on Twitter. I, I believe he's the only college football writer I know of who lives in Naples, Italy, right? Which means that uh, no one understands why he was upset yesterday. Probably a blessing, right? You're in Italy. Uh, Italy's Italy's an emotional country, so probably probably just Italians mad about sports. Can't imagine it. Like that would be like if he's like, oh yeah, my football team lost. They're like, I don't know. Here, look, you're still in Italy, and he's like, accidenti. Yeah, (laughs) 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 Amanja. We lost to Kentucky. (laughs) Somebody just pinching his cheek and being like, ah. CC Jefferson will be back next week. <laughs> or not. Yeah, or not. Yeah. So here's. We're going to here, give here's... up a thousand yards to Georgia. <laughs> oh, there's, man, there's, there's They're no way. Kilometri, we're not... all right? There's no way we're not giving up like at least 400. Like, 400 no. Meters, it's just, yeah. it ain't happening. But I, you know what? Meters. I don't, I don't have to think about that yet, do I? Not one bit. I have to think about next week. All. That's all. No. Also, Ryan and I are just going to live tweet the hunt for Red October during the Georgia game. We've already decided. Yeah. It's going to be it, way it, better. It, it will be a Red October. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Georgia it's true. Red games in October. This is the problem. We don't, have anything to, we don't have anything to hurt Jason with. Right? He's a Kennesaw State fan. They don't feel pain. I mean, when, when we lose, it doesn't even matter. We lost, to, we lost to Georgia State. They're literally not in our subdivision at all. So. Yeah. But, but here's 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 the thing. He pointed out. He goes, "Oh yeah, hey look, our safeties and our our DBs got eaten up. Oh look, they're all three stars. Like they're, they're all three stars. That's it. You can't 
you can't phone in. Like we've had the entire McElwain era. <laughs> Just phoning it in, y'all. That's it. Are you wondering? Hey, man, how does a state like how does it, you know, how Florida Florida recruits itself? Uh we ran an experiment. It doesn't. It doesn't. Tried putting it on autopilot, right? Really did. Really did. Go back and look at how many like five stars Florida had. Uh, under Will Muschamp, not that many, and uh, only on the defensive side of the ball. I think we had like one offensive lineman who might have qualified. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's it's pretty dim. It's bad. Florida does not recruit itself. No place really recruits itself. In fact, uh, you can actually uh, help that along by making it worse. Are you making it better or are you making it worse? In every situation in life, you're either making it better or you're making it worse, uh, even just sitting there, right? Chances are, by being inert, you might be making it better or making it worse. But it's not a neutral proposition is what I'm saying. And at every single point when he was recruiting, uh, not coaching or doing whatever it was Jim McElwain did, in addition to selling his personal brand of barbecue sauce in the stadium, which is something he definitely did put time and effort into, um, along with alienating anyone who worked with him, the proposition was the same. We recruited poorly. And when you recruit poorly... Guess what you turn into? You you turn into Florida from the 1980s. That's that's what you got. You turn into a team that goes eight and four and is happy about it. Which if we went eight and four this year, that'd be a small miracle. This is the four win team coming in, right? Uh, it kind of looked like a four win team because you, you lost to Kentucky. There, like how can how can you be mad about that? How can you do anything but go, yeah, that's probably what should have happened. Because you know who's been working their ass off? Kentucky. You know who didn't hire Todd Grantham as their defensive coordinator? Kentucky. Because he's not good at his job. But how could we have known? How could we have known? But for his entire resume. This uh, is why we need Amazon reviews for for coordinators. So you can go and be like, oh boy, he's, yeah, a lot of one-star ratings on this one. I think we should go with something else. It's not even that he's bad. He just feasts on bad competition. And then when he faces good competition, um, bad things happen. Especially when you lose your, you know, corner, and you starting corner, your best corner, Marco Wilson for the year. And CeCe Jefferson's not playing. Yeah. Some real bad things are going to happen to you. Uh, it's also, it's also in, in a world that is um, brutally unfair and miserable. It's objectively good that Kentucky didn't lose this game. Not not because they deserve to break the streak or whatever, but because <clears throat> they thoroughly outplayed Florida. They did not deserve to see the streak extended by another round of brutal, stupid bullshit. It's 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 somewhat comforting that in terms of universal ethics and justice, Kentucky did not get fucked for the what feels like the sixth time in a row. Yeah. Also, again, under better management. There. When you're under better management and you outplay your competition, guess what happens? You you win most of the time. And, well, there is uh, a, we can we can go get there are two stoops we can get that aren't head coaches, so Yeah. Oh god, that's that rumor's gonna happen soon, isn't it? Oh yeah. Fuck. That's going to happen. Cool. Jason, What do you want to talk about any, literally any other game? Oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, let's, <laughs> go to, let's go to Clemson, Texas A&M. Let's start at the top. Start with the Woo! easy one. Huh? Woo! Number, number two, Clemson, rolling into the hate barn. Where hate barn. Th- 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 three good quarterbacks on the field. Count them. Come in the state of Texas. You, you, you know, you, m- most games, you got one good quarterback. This game, you got three. All right, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be shitty right off the bat. I am happy that it has only taken two games, one of consequence, for the national media and Texas A&M fans to be like, totally worth it, good purchase, <laughs> absolutely valid. This I can't like go during wrong. The, during the broadcast, Herb Street is like, you know, this is a completely different culture. You look at these fans screaming their eyeballs out, and it's like. Man, they they're just like that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, they they did, were like. Did that the Manziel the- Manziel years not happen? Like, did they not? You know, play play Bama to the you know to the whistle 
Well, it's like it's it's like we get it. The new year passed, and man, you're on week three of Duolingo. You are gonna learn Spanish. Look at you go. You're ah, oh, you've got your two and your usted down. Yep, this won't be like the other years where you just gave up. No way. Or you just sit at a constant Peggy Hill level of Spanish fluency, right? Like, wasn't this team number four, say, 12 months ago? Mm-hmm. And 24 mm-hmm. and 36 and 48. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, it was a great game. It was a great game. Uh, Kellen Mond played out of his mind. That dude, like, completely fearless, which if you're suiting up against Clemson's defensive line, you're probably fearless. But, like, some of those throws just, you know, he did it more than once. You know, you see him do it once and you think, oh, that's not replicable. But then he keeps doing it and you think, okay, this dude's just really good. Um, Really might have been Clemson's hardest game until, you know, the playoff. Damn, that's true. Nah, they do play Pitt. Come on. I mean. Pitt's saving it all for Notre Dame. We all know it's true. We all know it's I mean, true. Notre Dame fans. We're not even you, joking. Like Notre Dame. A, listen, Notre Dame, you know you're scared of Pitt. You can just say it. I mean, don't, I would but, be. But hey, don't get caught looking ahead and get pummeled by Vanderbilt. <laughs> Notre, Dame's, Notre Dame is a two-touchdown favorite against Vandy, which is like blowing out two bad teams, whereas Notre Dame has um, barely beaten one bad team and barely beaten another bad team. What what are you gonna do? We're getting a little ahead of ourselves. But what is your what is your reaction to Vanderbilt beating Notre Dame? Like if <laughs> that happens, the the triumph of reason over faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the Enlightenment returns. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson stands astride South Bend, Indiana. Wearing chaps and only chaps. <laughs> no one knows why he's wearing only chaps. He's eating Nashville hot chicken. He's playing a tiny guitar. Welcome to Earth, North America, one of its seven continents, and here in Indiana. There's a bachelorette party in a spaceship. They're having a great time. Go doors! <laughs> All right, let's. Sorry, we, you're right. We're we're leaping too far ahead. Spencer, you must have Clemson A and M thoughts. I have a few, and it's this that that, and they're common to I think a number of things that people will think at week two, which is that uh, everyone is bad uh, who <laughs> lost, and everyone who won is absolutely awesome. And you know, you would think, you would think that by overextension, right? That overextension would be a familiar concept to A&M fans because they're like, wow, we were in that game. We came within like a two-point conversion of being in that game at the end, which is cool. Like, I'm, I'm really, I was actually genuinely happy for Texas A&M fans. Also, I would, can you be optimistic without being irrationally exuberant? That's where I'm kind of sitting on this because mm, we've seen this before. We've also seen uh, Clemson struggle. Early in games on the road, that's a that's a tradition. There have been some very ugly games, even in championship years, even in really, really outstanding Clemson years. The idea is that they go on the road early in these <laughs> games that they schedule, and they put up some pretty ugly numbers, but win, and then later on they get more polished, right? Sort of just jet stream into the postseason. Um, that kind of looked a lot like this, right? Like, that looked a lot like a early season Clemson game, except they actually got into the twenties and they did this. And I think the most hostile environment they've played in, in a real long time, that's a serious crowd. And they're on top of you too. And it's louder than it used to be ever since they expanded it. Now, on the other hand, if you think we're dogging A&M too much, no Arizona football. Oh yeah. (laughs) There's several, well, like there's, there's several, I don't think Arizona qualifies as one of the old sick men of the sport, right? Like, we have some old sick men at the moment. USC might have joined the ranks because, oh, man, they look they look downright impotent against Stanford, right? They look they look super bad. Texas, Texas, it was a W against Tulsa. Like, you don't want to lose to, you don't really want to lose to Oklahoma. You definitely don't want to lose to, like, the th- second or third largest city in Oklahoma in anything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we couldn't not... the uh, the we couldn't get the license for this video game Oklahoma. <laughs> right. You don't you don't want to lose to like knock off 
OKC, right? right? You don't want to lose to like Art Deco Fayetteville. It's not a good sign. Uh, and they didn't, to be fair. But they tried. They, they put a good effort in. Uh, they did. They did. And um, that's that's in Florida. Florida's the other like old sick man of the sport. Does Arkansas count as an old sick man? Hmm. Yeah, I see the whole old sick man thing assumes that you were an empire at one point. <laughs> or that you were healthy, right, yeah. Or that you were ever healthy. Arkansas has always been a little gouty. I get I get that, but they lost to a Colorado State team that has looked thoroughly overmatched in its first two games of the year so far. First two or three, I don't remember how many they played. I know they played Hawaii early. Um this is what happened on the first play of the fourth quarter. Arkansas had a fourth and one on the 50-yard line, up 10 points, and they punted. After that, Arkansas ran eight plays for 16 yards and did not get to their own 40-yard line the rest of the game. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't... Like, I think this is... I think that's not too far... That that looked like a team that was figuring out how to do things, right? There's a difference for me between like what Arkansas looks like and and actually what what Florida looks like because I didn't see like a team that was out of control or disorganized. You just saw a team that was like, here, we're trying to do this thing we've been taught to do. And right now we cannot do it, right? Right. Like that was like Michigan's Notre Dame. Michigan's Notre Dame offensively. It was like, we'd really love to run power. That would be great. You know know that's a good idea. We can't run power. Oh yeah, this is absolutely a good idea, right? It's it's like watching someone order the salad because that's the right thing to do, and then they just can't get the lettuce in their mouth. It's a really weird analogy, but it's it's there. Just picture it in your head. And then there's Nebraska. You, um, God, they like combined all of their all of their bad failure tendencies into one. This is so all of these things happened when Nebraska had a one point lead in the fourth quarter. They missed a 44-yard field goal. They went for it on 4th and 1 at the Colorado 42 and lost a yard. After they stopped Colorado on downs on the ensuing drive, they threw a pick on the first play, and then they got a personal foul when Colorado had 3rd and 24 at midfield, and of course the Buffs scored the go-ahead touchdown the very next play. Um, Nebraska looked better. Nebraska still has this, like... Very Mike Riley years tendency to just do the worst thing at the worst time. Yeah, to be fair, uh, you know, I would like to give Colorado credit because that's all I enjoy doing. Not just because, yeah, you know. Col- no, yeah, Colorado is a good team and it's not, it's not a, you know, it's not losing to Illinois. I think we've seen enough from like the uh, transitive web of results to conclude that Colorado's pretty good. Colorado well, is the I, best team. Also, that they are year in and year out the leader for the people's Heisman. And that stays steady this year because I think they actually are the only team I can think of that has what I would consider two candidates for the people's Heisman. Mm -hmm. Maybe a first for this imaginary award that I have just made up and that I am the only voter for is, is one of them Ralphie. Um, (laughs) that would always. So three, I'm you get this rampaging buffalo a trophy, and you let him talk. You put him on the stage. Forgive, yes. He's got things to say about America and about love. You know, I'd do this too, right? Like this is not making anything up. Um, no, they have two candidates: Stephen Montez, who, um, man, it's almost blasphemy for to say this. I might like him as much as I'd like Sefo Lefau. Wow. Long-suffering quarterback who was the first person I can really remember thinking, oh, yeah, that's the people's Heisman. Nobody will give him an award, but he deserves one. Montez had, like, 350 yards passing, including God, a... You, you want to live in the middle of nowhere so badly. I know, and I'm never going to do it. <laughs> never. I just want to be a Colorado quarterback that nobody's ever heard of. I do. just want to have a gigantic, potentially lethal dog. Talk to talk to four it's, people it's, a year in person. You know, Ralphie's not a dog, right? You know, a pet's role is in the heart. That sounds like the government's taxonomy to me. Exactly. Please. You believe you everything the government tells you about what's a dog and what's not? I'm not going to call it livestock because that implies somebody owns Ralphie. Hmm. Hmm. 
No, it, it, Steven Montez, fantastic quarterback for them. He gets to throw to um, one of the better names in college football, but also one of the better players, LaVisca Chenault, who is uh, astonishing. In case you wonder what happened in Nebraska, I got it for you in... Uh, I got it for you in one little line. They let LaVisca Chanel touch the ball 10 times in the past game. 10 times. Had some rushes, too. It wasn't good. He had 177 yards just in Eesh. receiving. Eesh. Yeah, no, he's he's a beast one-on-one. Absolutely a monster. So uh, Colorado, they're, uh, you know, I'm not saying I know they're they're not going to win the Pac-12, but uh, they it will be might, much more I mean, entertaining. They'll have a shot at the South. Yeah, the South yeah, well, is quite wide uh, open at the moment. Boy, you've you've allowed us to pivot beautifully, haven't you? <laughs> there's 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 but there's but one mighty titan standing in their way. There is a disruptor in our midst. Go and ahead. that was actually how his hire was sold to the public. <laughs> Disrupt Uber, but for retired NFL coaches. Pac twelve South. Everybody's picks already up in flames because I know there's one coach in the Pac-12 South where everybody counted out because he was old, because he was sleepy, because he was enthusiastic but incoherent. Because he didn't know what the mascot was. Right, because he hadn't coached in college football in like 30 years. Because he tried to throw holy water on the mascot. A guy who famously... Because he descended you know, into Hades for three days and nights to do battle with the mascot. Because he p- worked for the Jets. Yeah, because as head coach Actually, of the Chiefs... Actually, that is a good reason to distrust yeah. him. Yeah. As head coach of the Chiefs, he has a worse winning percentage than Todd Haley. Ooh, wow. Yeah. No, no, that's real. Like, I think it's 317 to 444, baby. To- Todd Haley... Todd Haley had a terrible time as the Chiefs coach. Guess what? He's still ahead of this dude. But it doesn't matter, because you know what? Sometimes a really loud, barking square peg that wakes up at 5 in the morning to work out, only sleeps 4 hours a night, and has exactly one Caesar salad a day. These are all things about Herm Edwards I am not making up there. Sometimes it's breakfast. Right? It's once a day. That's how it stays thin! Herm Edwards is 2-0. and at Arizona State. They beat. They beat a pretty good Michigan State team. <laughs> I think that's generous. Real yeah, quick. yeah. You think that's ge- I don't. I don't, I don't I, think we have much evidence that Michigan State is pretty good. Does this look anything uh, unlike Michigan State's standard work? Does it look anything unlike Michigan State two years ago? I think we've. I think we have. An have any of problem. Michigan State's good teams actually been good? <laughs> That's, I think we have an existential problem in determining uh, <laughs> what a good or bad Michigan are. They just random, right? Do they just do the same thing and fall randomly into wins or losses? Yeah, I think they just do the same thing. Mm. I do know this: their kicker Matt Coughlin is. Uh, he's a gentleman of the ruddy persuasion. He was mentioned on the broadcast because his dad was flying the plane like the team plane because his dad is a his dad's a pilot first of all i should have led with that instead of yeah his dad was flying the plane which is really messed up because he's a best buy manager it's it's michigan state so we trusted you if you had said almost any sac or big 12 school (laughs) do you really trust the administration at michigan state you want to rephrase that well on anything well yeah yeah so anyway he uh he flew the plane. Coughlin is a uh he is a a ruddy gentleman. He has red hair, and the temperature at game time in Tempe was a hundred and six degrees on the field. So he's, he's getting degrees. a tan at like eight o'clock at night. Man, he he looked like he had been finished in a smoker for like eight to twelve hours no one on that michigan state sideline wanted anything to do with that heat nothing like the sun is their literal devil yeah i mean i know it was a thing for sec fans to be like y'all big 10 you come down here you can't stand this humidity i am willing to concede one actual weather advantage in college football if you go to tempe it doesn't matter if you play at two in the morning you're gonna feel like the last hot dog on the roller right oh yeah you're like you're like spider-man as he's dissolving <laughs> I don't feel so Mis- good. Mr. D'Antonio, Mr. I don't feel so good. <laughs> Meanwhile, Herm's over there is like, hell's nice. 
<laughs> I'm saved. I can walk through these flames without harm. I got this clearly Canadian. I feel refreshed. <laughs> That's a Coke Zero. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this was a... Uh, I don't think it was like a stunning win because... You know, Michigan State, it seems sort of it's it's like that standard Michigan State mode where it's like could beat anybody, could lose to anybody. And guess what, Arizona State? You're anybody. Yeah. Like it's I mean, a it's a cool, awesome win. And like, you know, I'm happy we have his personality in our sport. And the more games he wins, um, as the public snickers and sneers, great. Yeah. It's fine. I it's fine for Michigan State because I've decided Mark D'Antonio only wants experience points. Like, it really doesn't matter if he's winning. Just, like, grinding. Gotta get more XP. Is that why he took this trip? Is it, like, a um, a Miles thing? Yep. Yeah. It's that, and it's that, and he's like, yeah, if I get enough hearts, I get an extra life heart so I can go to the next level. I'll learn it's how a to coins love. Thing. It's my endless, it's my endless side scroller that I play here at yeah, Michigan State. Yeah, I think State. he's, Mark D'Antonio's like, what the fuck do you want me to do with a heart? Yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy, by the way, empirical evidence for that, Mark D'Antonio did actually have like a minor heart attack during the Little Giants game and has affected him not one bit. (laughs) Is D'Antonio going to be back on the sidelines this season? Oh, yeah, man. Just his heart. He'll be fine. Not anything he was using. The, yeah. Also, little note from that game. uh, Manny Wilkins. Manny Wilkins is a nice thing to have late in the game, it turns out. Because uh, he can slang it when he needs to. I'm not saying he's the most efficient quarterback. I don't think you get to like 16. What was they were they was 13, 13 late. That that doesn't happen if you're just like throwing lights out. But uh, for a <laughs> dude who can make an ugly game sing, not a bad thing to have late. Yeah, this is a very confusing box score because he threw it 48 times <laughs> and his team <laughs> scored 16 points. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that is? That's an NFL that line, man. In particular, <laughs> yeah, that's NFL football. That's what you get with Herm. <laughs> I bet he's it's gonna have a lot, lot of, of games like this this year, where he throws like fifty times and they have twelve points and they win. Because <laughs> grit and heart and volume. I hope volume. they. Fu- I hope they fucked with all his calendar so that he thinks these are all Sunday games. <laughs> We're on Sunday night football, guys. Get up. Get excited. Us versus the Lions in weird alternates. Where's Eric Crunderwood? So, of course, he's gotten going to church in the morning, so now they're all Seventh-day Adventist devils. You do what you got to do. We're, again, we're making fun of Herm, but nothing can budge 2-0. 2-0. Oh, God. God, they're going to beat Notre Dame in a bowl game. <laughs> just, just, just accept it for what it is. Just know that it's going to happen. Um, Kansas State looked really. Kansas State looked really not good against Mississippi State. We don't have to talk about oh, that game very much, but uh, Mississippi State ran for almost ten yards to carry. Did not look uh, particularly perturbed. Uh, uh, speaking of speaking of buying a bolt, man, I yeah. did, did they not have four hundred yards? I think yeah, they yeah. had something like four hundred yards past uh, rushing. I, they had they had like... they had three hundred eighty four yards rushing and five hundred thirty eight total. Yeah. K-State did the thing where they almost lose to the FCS team, which they do every year, and we all just assume, oh, they'll bounce back from this. But at some point, you're just straight up almost losing to an FCS team. That is your actual demonstrated level of quality. Like, MSU is good. Um, K-State is not. And that's that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to I want to go back, by the way, to uh, if I could just go back to USC just to, to get this since we're, you know, dominating pac-12 discussion sure the thing that really drives Hemorrhaging the numbers and the clicks listeners. and the views the pac-12 it's fine we just have to stay as far away from florida as possible that's fine oh hey <laughs> life life goals unlocked son <laughs> welcome to the shutdown fullcast your new japanese football league only podcast it's, it's weird they actually just broadcast madden games played by senior citizens yeah that's it's fine it's better than watching florida football What does a triangle do? Just press the button, Grandpa. Don't make me talk about the Gators. But USC, in case you wonder uh, what's wrong with them, me too. That'd be cool because uh, they're they're kind of palsied right now. They don't really do anything too well. 
Uh, they don't really seem to have any sort of coordination. It's it's not good. When you go over like teams in week two, you go, ah, they might be in trouble, right? Like I wouldn't even put Florida in this category because Florida, Florida was never out of trouble. Never Florida so, was never out of trouble. It's just this is trouble continued, right? It's like seeing somebody in jail be like, boy, I don't know how well his life is. No, he's in jail. His life is bad. Yeah, if you wake up on Wednesday, guess where he was in jail? Uh, guess where he was on Tuesday? He was in jail. Still in so jail. Did any either of you watch a single second of USC Stanford? Yes, I did. Yeah. In fact, I saw what I believe was the only touchdown of the game live. There were two. You liar. Shit. You didn't watch any of it. Was there? Yeah. What was the other yeah. one? Yeah, guess it. You're guess a lying ass them. liar is what you get, are. Guess, <laughs> guess who scored both of them? Bryce, I know Stanford. Bryce Love. I, I saw Bryce Love. No, score again, the first. you're both wrong. Two different people scored the touchdowns. Well, neither no. of you. Neither of you watched this game. You can no, just no, say no. it. Stanford did not score. Stanford did not score a touchdown. They scored Stanford a scored two goal. touchdowns. I'm sorry, USC. I'm trying to say USC. Oh no, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I didn't see the second one. Yeah, because that was that was the one like right near the end of the first half. I think. Okay. I think once it ended 7-0 first half first quarter I was like, okay, we're good. Yeah, right. That'll do it. We we'll, ch- we, we we'll check a, in on this again if we need to. We won't. <laughs> we have a high school senior quarterback playing um punt core. Yeah. I mean, Stanford Stanford at this point is just an instant pot, right? They're just like, "All right, we're going to stuff you in there. We're going to set the timer for 90 minutes and we're just going to process you." And that's you're just going to be soft and tender and delicious. At like the a, end of it. It's just like a it's like a gentle Bama. Like a less noisy Bama. But that's so that's sort of there are two possible takeaways from this game, I think. One is that Stanford's defense might just be a fucking nightmare that trashes everything that comes through it, which would be very good for Stanford and very bad for the Pac twelve as, as a whole. Or that USC lost a bunch of its leading contributors from last year, and they're not going to be able to figure that out soon enough to do anything this season, but that's fine, right? Yeah, that sounds um, about right. That sounds about right. I.e., are they in trouble? Yeah, for this year. I think they're definitely in trouble because youth is youth and inexperience are, are not going to look Oh, good. God, and they got to play Texas next? Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> Do you want two two fan bases who will have absolutely no clue how to evaluate this game, right? Oh because... man, the the stupid anxiety idea I had to make two frustrated teams play each other. This is coming real. That's that game. Oh, it God. worked. Oh yeah, yeah. This is this is bad. This is. I mean, 100%. U- USC's fine. USC's fine. You look down the schedule. I mean, yeah, they got to play Herm. That sucks. They're gonna lose to Herm, of course. <laughs> Like what's really scary on here? Maybe you lose at Texas. I mean, I mean, USC's fine. Wazoo, Wazoo, we still don't know that much about Colorado. We just talked about how good that they look. You get it at home. I mean, it's not going to be a ten-win year, but Cal might be good. Notre Dame, you know, before they lose to Arizona State in the bowl game, like no, it's not going to be. It's not going to be. It's but they could like you go through this schedule and they could be sort of like teetering on that. They'll probably make a bowl game, but they kind of got to, like, take care of some business here and there. It's not totally out of the question. Yeah, and and, and again, um, how happy or rational are they going to be with this result? Oh, God. That's the other thing. I never know because USC is apparently governed by 11 people, some of whom are less than rational. Yeah, I don't I don't know how it's going to go. I would put them in the, the inauspicious start category, not quite in the in trouble. I'm hearing no. Jason's reason, and that makes enough sense for me. So I'll put them in the inauspicious start. Sure. Okay. Okay. Right. Texas. This is, this is um, reasonable conclusions. The world's only podcast devoted to reasonable conclusions. Yeah, and this reasonable conclusion is that Texas is Texas is Texas is fucked. They're fucked. <laughs> That's reasonable conclusion. The Texas Longhorns. Oh yeah, bull fucked. Yeah, they tried good. to lose to Tulsa, by the way, and yeah, it came tried. about largely because of terrible punting. They, of course, lost the world's greatest punter, Michael Dixon, to the Seattle Seahawks. He had a 69-yarder today. Nice. And uh, it dearly cost him. Who else is fucked at this point? Arizona's turbo fucked, right? Ooh, man. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Hey, hey, Kansas, decidedly not fucked. 
Like, I didn't pay attention to this game at all, so I just saw people on Twitter being like, Kansas won a game, Kansas won a road game, but motherfucker, Kansas won by 24 and never trailed. When Kansas has won games in the past, it's been like, oh, when they banked in a 16-yard field goal accidentally to pull out a win over Texas, (laughs) what an exciting, but they like fucking won, they like capital W won a game against a team that won eight games last year. I recognize that that doesn't necessarily mean... The chips are all that good this year, but they like legit wanting. They're not. Congratulations, Kansas! You're not fucked. UNC. I mean, oh my god, you're fucked. So the joke, the joke <laughs> was is that we looked at somebody on Reddit said, "Hey man, what are the realistic chances of UNC going 0 six? Because like I'm I'm calling that. We'll find out your name. We'll shout you out. Because guess what? You are two third. You are one third of the way there. Yeah. Right? We are thirty three percent." to the Fedora Prophecy, a.k.a. UNC, going 0-6 to start the season because last week, East Carolina, and by last week I mean week one, lost to North Carolina A&T. That's an HBCU. They don't play FBS football. And and ECU lost to them. And ECU... ECU did not just beat North Carolina. They crushed them! They beat, yeah. they beat them by three scores. If you combine the point spreads of those two games, um, at the start of the year, UNC would have probably been favored against A&T by about 33 points. So there's your transitive loss of the year so far. Yeah. yeah. So is- I, the, of, the, of that six-step process to getting to 0-6, the biggest step is done. <laughs> the yeah. hard mm-hmm. part is over. <laughs> the, next, no. the, the next biggest step is Pitt, which... Again, Pitt just saving all of their ammunition for the Notre Dame game at this point, and we respect that, and that's why um, the Penn State game didn't count. Yeah. Right. Mm. No. Yeah, that got that, that gets my vote for, for game uh, this week that I was like, oh, oh man, that went world star fast, didn't it? That went, goodness, because it was 14-6 at the half. 14-6, and just with some little, like, you know, there weren't too many cracks in the dam. You just thought, ah, Pitt's not really moving the ball that great. They'll probably get some horseshit block punt or, you know, get lucky on like one loose Bust, throw some down busted the field. coverage nonsense. Yeah, yeah and, and right. You say, and like, keep... oh, it's raining. It's muddy. Perfect. Got them right where we want them. Yeah, yeah. the final. The final was fifty-one-six. Yeah, they lost the, the, the final with James Franklin challenging plays in the final minute while up by. <laughs> 45 points. I love that guy. God, I would hate to play Monopoly with him. Can we just no, be you done? Fin- no, you no, you turn. Mortgage, mortgage fucking Marvin Gardens before I rip your throat out. You're down to $10 and he's making you keep going. <laughs> yeah, like Trace McSorley, I know like I saw a couple of weird things on broad on broadcast that were weird. One, you know, Herb Street talking about, oh, you could just feel this culture's different. I don't know. Maybe this actually that was actually real um, in terms of the team, because based on what I've seen from Arizona, <laughs> yeah, that'd be different. Um, you, you guys have to show up to practice. Oh, cool, cool. That's new. All right, I'll put that on my calendar. Show up to practice. Um, we would be remiss if we did not give <clears throat> so many loving, tender kisses to El Asico. Oh my god. Oh, Jay- Jay- mm-hmm. Jason watched this game, I believe in its entirety. Yeah, I watched all of it. It was it was kind of like uh, that that 13-3 and literally the only highlight that we put in our live blog of the game was a pooch punt. Um 13-3 and it was as 13-3 as you can possibly imagine. I watched the entire thing. That might sound awful, but really it was like it was almost like some sort of a trance or a coma or something. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to go. It's, I sort of like blacked out for four hours, you know, and came out the other side. Like, did you get oh, a runner's high off Notre Dame? Notre Dame was it like barely AM- beat Ball State? That's weird. Was like, it like it was, ASMR football? Yeah, it was like just waves of punts washing over me. Um, <laughs> Iowa had the superior punting. Uh, Iowa State was very streaky in the punt game. However, Iowa State was superior at field goals. I believe they were one for one. Iowa uh, has a lot to improve there. Um, And there are no other opinions to be had about the game. Iowa went two for two on field goals. They they missed one. 
No, I'm looking at the box score. Mm, they disagree. definitely missed one. Okay, okay. <laughs> Agree to disagree. I'll check my notes and get back to you on this, but distinctly recall. No, I promise they missed. They they missed. Listen, Hawkeyes, uh, back me up on this. Your guy missed one, right? Yeah, you hear him. I have. Um, I do want to. I do want to mention research this. Yeah, you research that. I want to mention the best watch of the day in terms of just maybe the opposite of El Asico. And I'm not saying more enjoyable because every time I flipped over to Iowa State, I was thoroughly entertained in a way that I can't really explain logically. I can't. I was like, man, I fucking love this game. Yeah, here it is. happening. (laughs) At 103 in the first quarter, Miguel Racino's 38-yard field goal missed. It's not showing up in the actual ESPN's box score is broken. So it's in the play-by-play, though. I saw it. Okay. Anyway, okay. continue. So the other game that I enjoyed watching, which was a complete surprise uh, out of nowhere, although it did involve two teams who have gotten absolutely loose and tend to do this two or three times a year each, including a team that was involved in what was, for my money, the most entertaining game of 2017. That would be USF-UCF. I am talking about the... South Florida Bulls, 49-38 uh, barn burner over the uh, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. First of all, about 8,000 degrees on the field with 100% humidity. Classic football weather. Two, Georgia Tech. Let's fight in a gym shower. <laughs> Get inside this poncho that I am also inside. Is it clean and do you own it? No. <laughs> I'm borrowing it. We're going to fight in the mouth of a giant hound. <laughs> That's it's time for South Florida Eastern promises. <laughs> Get naked, Charlie Strong. Let's do this. You already are? Cool. Fine, Iowa missed naked. two field goals, by the way. Damn. <laughs> Damn. The box, the box score on this is a lie. See? They, were, they weren't watching. They weren't watching. <laughs> Yeah, Jason, are you just... are you the only non-Iowa Iowa State fan who watched this game? I oh am, my god, I am the I am the scribe, I am the witness. You, we, we caught we caught. The are, you the, are you the are you the daywalker now? <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one who stayed awake for this all game. <laughs> I witnessed it. They killed a man in the third quarter, and no one saw it <laughs> except for me. All the children levitated in their seats for like five minutes. You guys didn't see this. Quagoth the unholy serviced in the third quarter and no one said shit. He had a nice pooch punt too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Quagoth. So in this game, uh, first of all, guess who's starting for uh, South Florida? Do, do you recall? It's Blake Barnett. Blake Barnett. Number one recruit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, stunning arm. One of the things that got him noticed coming out of high school. One of the things that got him a scholarship to, of all places, uh, the University of Alabama. Guess what? Uh, Blake Barnett transfer, because, I don't know, it's like if you're a really good quarterback, why are you going to go to Alabama? Just a thought I have sometimes when I'm alone. Kind of an outdated thought these days. Nah, y- you know what? Don't let to it. That's a that's a blip. Listen, uh, all he did was he, he was late, but he considered Arizona State. He did what we asked. True. But Blake Barnett, he won this game with his legs, because... Georgia Tech had, at one point, had USF on the ropes. I mean, this, this game got off to an insane start. Like, their first couple of drives, like, were, went interception, field goal, touchdown, 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 touchdown. That's it. Like, bam, bam, bam. Back and forth and back and forth. A kickoff return to start. Georgia Tech went on one of their massive, like, sale drives, uh, you know, and then another <laughs> kickoff return for USF. I feel like you really want to say it like they like the band says it. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I, I think it's this, your, is it's your, this is yeah, you. Yeah, this is yours. They went on one of their massive sale. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they uh, they they did set sail, and in the second half, like got back in this game um, just by hammering USF with you know three plays, real good quality Paul Johnson stuff where they. After losing their starter, by the way, like lost their starter and somehow got back into this game. Um, Taquan Marshall was out. 
and he was replaced by Tobias Oliver. Tobias Oliver is a really good. By the way, ESPN's box score is wrong on this again because he passed twice. He passed mm-hmm. twice. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. We've, un- we've uncovered a vast conspiracy here. I am the only person Fake who actually watched media. this game. Oh, my God. This is like, this is They Live 3. Boy. Man, it's on us to reconstruct all knowledge is what happened. You want us to Ryan? Ryan allegedly watched one touchdown in the Stanford game. Okay, yeah. so we'll write that down. We Stanford has a touchdown, that it happened. right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, USF Blake Barnett was brilliant down the stretch. He was great. They're going to be super fun to watch again. Also, Georgia Tech is just Georgia Tech is probably the most frustrating team to watch in the fourth quarter, and this goes back like a year now. Do you know how many third downs they forced on USF's go-ahead drive? How many? Zero. Ole! <laughs> just give us the ball back. They're just such. They're so frust. Like I feel. I I sincerely feel bad for Georgia Tech fans who have to watch close games because they're they're kind of the anti Clemson at this point. Where Clemson will be like, well, well, you were locked in a tough game that we didn't think we'd be here, but you know, we'll do the right things and we'll avoid the mistakes. All of those. They are. They are the portrait in the attic. They are just. Oh. Just showing every every stress line, every fucking broken tooth. They're designed to do one thing. They are bender. Insert girder. That's it. That's it. In every situation, they're like, get ball back. Place ball in hands of crushing machine. Bender is a rambling wreck, literally. Yes, he is. I am bender. Insert girder. Triple option. I'm a rambling emotional wreck. He is. It, it, it like, like some sort of like... Like some sort of Soviet robot that's 50 years old and runs on like leaded gasoline. Georgia Tech has four plays and they can be absolutely lethal and it cannot offer any defense. You could take a baseball bat to this poor rusty thing and all it wants is to get the ball back. That's it. Be back. Be back. Be back. Toss. Triple option. Be back. Toss. Triple option. QB dive. Insert girder. It's amazing to watch. Like, it doesn't change, which is astonishing. Like, an NFL fan has to be amazed watching that because they're just like, this thing doesn't adjust at all. Nope. No, it just keeps plowing forward like a pool skimmer. It just... (laughs) Should we have the pool skimmer try to throw? Oh, God, no. (laughs) <laughs> somebody I, I think it was rod gilmore in the broadcast might have been rod gilmore uh, oh yeah it was, was like, it was it was rod and anima mean yeah one. yeah it was rod rod was like yeah man triple option it's like novocaine i'm like yeah it's like novocaine because it doesn't stop bleeding it just makes you not feel things this team's gonna bleed out watching it happen best game i watched all day by the way 